it's really important that we start learning to identify automatic negative thoughts. Now remember that your unconscious is basically running like a computer program in the background, controlling the majority of your life. The only way to make deep and lasting changes in this programming is to begin bringing awareness to it. So since you have a lot of blind spots in your thinking, this is going to be difficult at first. But finding those blind spots is extremely important. If you pay attention, you'll notice that there are a lot of times when your mind won't allow you to notice what it's doing. And these times are exactly what you need to pay the most attention to because these moments of unconsciousness are likely when you need to do the most work or they're the opportunities for the most growth. Now, automatic negative thoughts are a huge killer. And more often than not, we don't even realize that they're going on. Most people have a voice in their head telling them how badly they're doing all throughout the day without ever taking the time to consider whether or not these thoughts are even accurate. You know, they don't always come in the form of an inner monologue, of course, but you know, sometimes these thoughts are their impressions, their feelings, or a general sense of understanding that you're not good enough or you, you can't make it or whatever. So it's important to take the time to really reflect on these thoughts. Writing them down is, is extremely helpful. It's not always necessary, but it's always something that I do recommend. Simply bringing awareness to the fact that you have these thoughts is a good start, really. And you likely don't even realize how many that you have. These thoughts tend to arise without any kind of intention. They're not on purpose. But whenever things go badly, we blame ourselves and engage in this negative self-talk. And I notice that for myself and for the people that, around me that I know best, these thoughts tend to be rather extreme. A, a failed relationship generates thoughts of, I'm unlovable, dating is a scam, everybody wants to take advantage of me, stuff like that. Being passed over for, for promotion creates thoughts of, the system's rigged and uh, there's no point in even trying, this place sucks and I'll always be stuck here. You know, even less extreme but equally destructive thoughts along the lines of, I'm just, I'm so miserable here. Nobody, nobody else does what they're supposed to do and I'm always so aggravated. Stuff like that, it's dangerous. You know, you live your whole life in your head. If the script you allow to run is nothing but complaining, how good of a life do you really expect to live? From an outside perspective, all these thoughts look pretty ridiculous, but more often than not, they go on inside your head without you even realizing it. You know, maybe these negative thoughts are a little bit different, um, for you anyway, but I guarantee that they're a lot more destructive than you realize. And it's really difficult for people to understand just how much power these little thoughts hold. So to illustrate, imagine that all of your thoughts were a conversation. You're trying to speak with life, the universe, whatever, to get what you want. And next to you stands your, uh, this little voice of negativity. Every time you try to speak, that voice interrupts you with degrading, condescending, negative comments. It's not hard to realize that it would be really difficult to get much of a useful conversation going under these circumstances, but it's exactly what happens all the time. We allow these negative thoughts to fester and to live in our minds, and it's really silly to believe that they're not going to have any effect on us. Just like you wouldn't expect a, tr a screaming child to not disturb you if you're on a phone call or an important phone call. If there's a kid screaming in the background, it's going to bug you, right? So why would your thoughts be any different? What's really crazy to me also is that we allow these thoughts to go on in our heads, but we would never tolerate that same, um, the, the same statements from anybody else. If another person were to tell us that we're, we're stupid and useless every time we open our mouths to speak or to begin working on anything, we would have really severe issues with them. You know, even the most agreeable and timid people would likely 
not tolerate the kinds of verbal abuse that we put ourselves through on a daily basis. If we wouldn't put up with this from somebody else, why do we allow it to go on in our own heads? I've noticed that a lot of the most damaged people like to say that they're not being negative, they're being realistic, which is just absurd to me. I hate, I hate that saying. It's as if reality were so bleak that they have to constantly remind themselves, just in case they forget for a moment. You know, would you constantly berate a child for not being good enough? When a toddler is learning how to walk, would you tell them to give up? Quit. Don't even try because you'll never get it. No, of course you wouldn't. That'd be stupid. You don't expect somebody to get it all right from the get-go. How does it make any sense to treat ourselves with the level of hostility that it takes to say we'll never be successful? It doesn't make any sense when you really put it in the light of day. And on top of that, what sense does it make to believe that our thoughts have any less of an impact than those words would have directed at that child? At the same time, let's remember that children learn incredibly fast and it's some of the hardest, most frustrating tasks and skills that are out there, um, they, they don't have that voice in their heads telling them that they can't do something just yet. They don't understand how difficult the task is, only that they want to accomplish it. And this level of focus puts them in the perfect position to rapidly adapt to a world in which they have zero understanding and they can barely even operate the body that they're in. I mean, that's really crazy to think about how frustrating that must be. If we heard our negative thoughts out loud, it would make very little sense to allow that voice to give us any advice. The problem is that most people never learn that their inner monologue isn't them. That voice in our heads is, uh, it's what would be called the ego in Zen traditions. And it tricks us into believing that it's us. And some people are so closely identified with their ego that they don't even realize that they have this voice inside of them. They just consider it to be them or a part of themselves anyway. And without getting too far into the weeds into Eastern philosophy, the, the point here is that we need to learn to bring awareness to the thoughts that we allow inside of our heads. If we're constantly entertaining a negative image of ourselves, it's only logical that this is going to affect us. But if it's so straightforward, then why don't we just cut these thoughts off? Well, for starters, these thoughts tend to be a habit. And habits are hard to break. This is especially true if you don't understand how they work. But fortunately, habits are something that we talk about a lot on this show just for that reason. Now, negative thoughts also have the power of emotion as well. So getting out of a downward spiral, it, it, can, be, it can be difficult when those thoughts also push, put you into an emotional state of depression, anger, sadness, worthlessness, etc. These feelings give birth to even more negative thoughts, and to make things worse, they tend to manifest it in the physical world as well. So whatever your beliefs are, they tend to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Being depressed can make it difficult to work, difficult to take initiative. Um, it makes it hard to put very much energy and enthusiasm into your work. And that in turn leads to poor results, which reinforces the depressed worldview. And that thus a vicious cycle is born and keeps negativity alive. It's our job to bring awareness to the thoughts that we entertain because these thoughts, they play a huge role in determining the course of our lives. Marcus Aurelius said that the quality of our lives are determined by the quality of our thoughts. And he's neither the first or the only one to make that observation. Virtually every great thinker out there has had something similar to say about this. You can't live a beautiful life if your thoughts are ugly. It's just not possible. You would be uncomfortable living with a roommate who made you feel bad about yourself. And yet most people never stop to consider that 
the one person that they spend 24 hours a day with treats them worse than almost anyone else ever will. Except maybe for that, that one ex, of course. But getting your head in order is the first step towards creating lasting happiness for yourself. The mental conversations you have with yourself, they tell your brain what chemicals to release and what not to release into your body. These chemicals are the fuel of emotion that we experience on a daily basis. And keeping yourself in a positive state of mind mostly comes down to how well you control that mental chatter. So start by training yourself to catch any negative thoughts as quickly as possible. You know, just bringing awareness to them, will have, it goes a long way towards breaking the habit. Of course, when we get in our heads, it, it, it can be difficult to break out of that downward, that downward spiral. Um, that's when you dig into your psychology hacks toolbox. You know, you use the tricks that we talk about here. Remember that your, your mind and your body are inextricably entangled in each other. What goes on in one affects the other. So thinking negative thoughts creates negative emotions, which leads to undesirable body language, okay? So it's, it's, it's often pretty easy to tell how somebody feels based off of their body language. Someone's who, someone who's depressed, uh, they'll usually be slumped over, closed off, and just moving slow in general. And someone who's confident will appear just the opposite. They'll have their heads up, their, or their head up, their shoulders back, and they'll maintain open body language. Someone who's faking it or overcompensating for insecurity, they'll have that same uh, confident body language, but it'll be accompanied by nervous tics such as foot tapping and you know other forms of fidgeting. The beautiful thing is that while the mind affects the body, the cycle can be, be reversed, causing the body to affect the mind. So changing your body language is probably the quickest way to change your emotions. Make a commitment that every time you get stuck in a negative train of thought, um, that you'll notice it. And once you notice that pattern, learn to break it. And this is gonna be difficult at first. So remember to use your body language to help you. Simply changing your posture has been proven numerous studies to cause different chemicals to be released into the bloodstream. Changing how you feel, um, it makes it a lot easier to break out of a bad pattern as opposed to just trying to force those thoughts out of your head. That is an uphill battle that I guarantee you're not prepared to fight. And it, it's much better to leverage your natural advantages. So cutting off a negative spiral is much easier when you give yourself that, that serotonin boost for a minute, put you in a positive state of mind. And my favorite body language hack to use is just to keep my head up when I'm walking to where I can't see my feet. And I'm not too sure exactly why this works so well, but it's an instant confidence booster. And it, it's, it's, it's my favorite trick because it's very simple. There's nothing about like having a certain kind of posture, putting your shoulders back or anything like that. It's very easy. You just kind of look up and don't, look, don't let yourself see your feet. Like don't keep your feet in your vision at all. And it's kind of uncomfortable at first if you're used to looking at your feet because you feel a little bit disoriented and off balance. But looking at your feet does something to your body. It's telling you, it's telling your unconscious on some primitive level that you're lower down in the food chain or the, 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 the social hierarchy. You know, it's just kind of a sign of inferiority to have your head down, you know. And I, originally I started doing this because I've read that it helps with your coordination. Um, because as you get older, you, you, you start to lose um, those neural connections pretty quickly. And the, if, if you're not used to using your feet without looking at them, 
as you get older, it becomes more and more difficult to, and then, and then you wind up, you, you have to look at your feet. You, you don't have the coordination anymore. And I wanted to avoid that, so I, I started never looking at my feet. And what I found very quickly is that it completely changes the way that I feel about myself as well. So remember, this isn't a think positive motivational speech. Uh, it's a real trick that changing your body language changes your emotions, uh, which changes your thoughts. And this naturally is going to lead to a much better quality of life. I don't, I don't like to do f fluff or anything like that. If it doesn't work, I'm not going to teach it. But at the same time, if you don't commit to putting these thoughts into practice, you won't get much benefit, if any. So unfortunately, negative thoughts are much stronger than positive ones. It's important to get to work on clearing them out of your mind as quickly as possible. Overlooking the details is a lot of times what keeps people from being successful and happy. Thoughts are a detail. They don't seem like much on their own, but there's a lot of them. You, you, think, you think a lot of thoughts throughout the day. So make sure that whatever you're filling your head with is, is something that's going to be helping you to become the best that you, should, that you can be. Don't believe those thoughts that automatically pop up in your head telling you why you're not good enough, why it's hopeless, or whatever else is wrong with life. You don't get down to the automatic ones at first because they're kind of deeply hidden. But if you train yourself to become aware of what's going on in your head, you'll start to notice them. And you'll start to notice how quickly they jump up at every opportunity. And what's funny is these thoughts aren't even you. They're the voices of society that have gotten stuck in our heads. Nietzsche has a great quote about how we, we can't look down on ourselves. It's not possible because to look down on ourselves implies that we have a superior position from which to look down from in the first place. So listen, if you want a better life, start by getting your thoughts in line. And one more thing, guys. Remember that everyone else is having these thoughts just as, just as much as you are. Whenever you feel unconfident, unsure of yourself, or like you're out of your league, just keep in mind that despite those outward appearances, everyone else is just as insecure as you are. We're all faking it to the best of our abilities. We all deal with negative thoughts, with self-esteem issues, with unspoken fear. Some people are just better at hiding it. And, you know, some people have spent more time establishing the skills needed to squash those limiting beliefs. But with practice, you can get there too. In the meantime, don't stress about it because everybody else is going through the same stuff. So thanks for listening, guys. Good luck.